Hey, Sean, how you doing? I'm good. I'm good. And I'm really glad that we're doing another podcast much quicker than we have been. Me too. I feel like we're back on our game. We're back on our game. Things are popping off. Things are, things are being released. May is going to be a big month. Yep. Llamas are being fed. Goldfish are smoking cigarettes. I mean, it's just, do you, do you remember that one? <laughs> that that brief part-time job I had with the goldfish, the um, the goldfish farm, no, or the goldfish um, mating farm or something. And anyway, no. there was I, I remember a long time ago a joke about after where the goldfish were smoking cigarettes. Anyway, I oh okay, I just had a little flashback to that. So anyway, They're hey, out goldfish birth control or something. Yes, like that when you didn't want them to breed. Uh, exactly goldfish <laughs> condoms i don't know does that happen anyway that took a turn hey what's up hey, hey. <laughs> i'm good i'm good and I, as as we said we're back again on this wonderful should i watch that podcast thank you everyone once again for listening i didn't mention this before i should mention this i was going to yes. mention it when we passed a thousand we have surpassed 1200 downloads <gasps> on our oh my god we're amazing. Yes, yeah, so we we're famous. 12, almost or 12, uh, 1200. Did I say 12,000 or 1200? 1200 is what I meant. If I said 12,000, I had stars in my eyes. But I'll take 1200. 1200 is great. I was going to say something over a thousand, but I kind of sort of forgot. And I looked at it again. <laughs> I was like, wow, we're already at 1200. So thank That's you, everyone. Amazing. For listening to this little thing. Um, we can uh, we got an email address at uh, should I watch that two one at gmail.com. We're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, and we're on Instagram. Should I watch TH21 mm-hmm. and Twitter? Um, which maybe will be easier to reach now with the big news. I don't know. I don't think we were I, I don't think we were uh, very <laughs> controversial, at least politically. <laughs> Uh, maybe maybe about Nicolas Cage and the Matrix, which is going to come up in this podcast. Yes, it will. Because um, <laughs> we've got four things that we are going to talk about. But yeah, if you guys need to email us, uh, like I said, reach us at uh, should I watch that two one at gmail.com. And we've got four things, four things that we're going to review for you guys. A TV show on Amazon and three movies, one of which Janet has said, she has a lot to say about, and I will I will read to you a text that she sent me after she watched that movie because it was under my suggestion that we that we review this movie because I thought it was going to be fun. But that's later. First, but we until are going then. to talk about a, a series on Amazon Prime that popped up on mine that looked interesting, and I wanted to watch it because there's some people in it that I really like, uh-huh. and that is The Outlaws on yes. Amazon Prime. So. The Outlaws. Who do we have in The Outlaws, Janet? We have. So, it, first of all, it was created by um, two gentlemen, Stephen Merchant and Elgin James. And Stephen Merchant may ring a bell. I he I, I knew of him and I've seen him in things. Probably, uh, what was that? Oh, that little skit thing that Drew Carey used to do. Did oh, he? Uh, whose line is it anyway? Whose line is it anyway? I feel like he did some of that. Um, but when I dug a little deeper, <laughs> as I do in my investigative journalism, um, I was on IMDb and apparently like he's a writer producer for a yeah, lot of things. A lot of things. So many things. He actually was the executive producer or producer on 95 episodes of Lip Sync Battle. Did you know that? Yeah, he was one that helped create that show. I had no idea. 
Yeah. Oh my God. Because, and the irony, I actually sat here on the sofa last night for an hour going through YouTube clips of old episodes of Lip Sync Battle, mm-hmm. um, specifically the one with Channing Tatum and his ex-wife that was really yes. funny. Anyway, um, but Stephen Merchant, he was also uh, in a really good film called Jojo Rabbit. Yes. Um, he was in a few episodes of the Big, big Bang Theory. I, yes. I just... So probably more as an actor or comedian, you would recognize him. And he's like six foot eight or something. Mm-hmm. He's this tall, lanky British guy who is funny without even trying. Um, he was also involved with the British version of The Office. Big yes, time into that. Yes, exactly. So he's 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 big. He's big time <clears throat> friends with uh, Ricky Gervais and and those folks. And I tell you, here's something he did that you're not going to know because oh, uh, tell me when I saw him. When I saw him, uh, the first thing I thought of was. The first thing, first thing that came to me was the Big Bang Theory because mm-hmm. you know I was a fan of that show, and if if uh, if if you guys can't place them, if you will remember the arc that they had in that show where uh, Sheldon and Amy the characters broke up, mm-hmm. and then Amy was briefly involved with um, another scientist, math physician, physicist. I can't remember exactly what his job was, but it was in a university setting. Uh-huh. But she was briefly involved with with another man who was an incredible fan of of Sheldon Cooper. <laughs> he loved <laughs> Sheldon Cooper, and uh, and couldn't believe that you know, oh, I'm dating someone that dated. Why in the world would you break up with Sheldon Cooper? And he had maybe what two, three, four episodes of art uh-huh. where he was on there. But anyway, they I kept. I, his voice is what did it to me whenever I was listening to him. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm going to seek out more stuff that he was involved in because yes. he is, he is somebody that I don't know enough about uh, probably in, in British television. He's very well known, but, but something that he did, cause it was his voice. It was his voice. It was his voice. Mm-hmm. There was a video game that was called portal Two, uh-huh. um, which the, the premise of the game, it was basically a puzzle game where you went around and you had to make, make, make your way through this game. And you had this gun that can make portals to transport to different parts of the room. And you had to get yourself to the exit. But throughout the game, there was this robot that would, this little ball that would come down from the ceiling and he would guide you along and had hilarious dialogue. And he played the voice of Ah. a robot called Wheatley in portal two. And I was like, that's where I recognize that guy's voice from. And he was hilarious in that game. My kids, it's a game that I played and my kids like kind of watched me play it when they were much, much younger. Cause the game's mm-hmm. pretty old at this point. And they, I remember them just cackling at stuff that he said, because it oh, was just, great. it was really fun. It was really fun. But yeah, that does not ring a bell for me, but, but, the, but the only other person that I knew that well in it was Christopher Walken. So. Oh my gosh, Christopher. Okay, so you dig a little bit into IMDb on this guy. And like the first thing I think of is more Cowbell from Saturday oh, yeah. Night Live. Yeah. But he is credited as an actor, 139 acting credits on mm-hmm. IMDb. He's 79 years old. And his first credit, he played Kevin Acton in the wonderful John Acton in 1953. <sighs> I mean, this guy has been around the block. And literally everything he did in this show was funny. Yeah. It just, he's one of those where just the basic delivery of lines, the way he does it makes you laugh. Yeah. He's, he is, uh, he is unique in that. No, I mean, it's, it's funny because a lot of people, a lot of people to get laughs do Christopher Walken impersonations. Yes. (laughs) And, and because there really is no one else like him. And that actually, if you're interested, uh, 
in the background of this show, I found a, a really interesting interview with Stephen Merchant on a morning talk show in, in Great Britain, where he talks about how he got Christopher Walken to do the show. I, it, so I read an article about it, but I didn't yeah. see the interview. Yeah. And it was, it was, they were eating an omelet together and he was offering part of his omelet. And he said it was four hours because, you know, he would ask a question and just sit there and, and think about it. And <laughs> Stephen Merchant said it was it was like being on a live Zoom call where it's like he just stood there and you don't know, or is he thinking or is he buffering? Or and I was in the same room with him and I wasn't sure what was going on. But uh, one of the things I'll say about the show is while I did is enjoy his character, I think he got shortchanged a little bit. I could have used I, I could have used, used more cowbell. I could have used more Christopher Walken. I know. I well. It, and one of the my favorite parts of it, and I can't I, I was trying I was trying to Google it today and I couldn't find it. <clears throat> but you know, you hear people say, like, what's the plan, Stan? Or mm-hmm. you know, I don't know, little things like that. Well, his one of the funniest ones, he <laughs> when he shows up for community service, I think one of the first things he says to the lady who's, you know, wannabe cop who's yeah. leading the group, he's like, What's the agenda, Brenda? <laughs> and I, I just lost my mind I mean, it was not that funny but it was hysterical I coming from him it was so funny so the setup of the show do you want to do a brief rundown of that yeah so we'll so we have a group of people from all walks of life um you know we have the smart girl who's got a free ride to college and we have this instagram celebrity chick and we have a very angry african-american woman who is out to activist sh- activist but very angry mm-hmm. um we have the christopher walken's character who's just it, like in and out of prison you know he's just messed up everything in his life including his relationship with his family and <clears throat> um and then we have a young guy who's trying to take care of his sister whose mom is on drugs and then one other guy who uh, he and his dad have a business together. So he's Mr. Business and he's trying to impress his father and hold the business together. So like completely different. And then Stephen Merchant. And then then Stephen Merchant characters, who's an attorney, (laughs) but he's not really good at it. (laughs) Um, And they all have done something that's landed them in community service. But what, what do they? They don't call it community service because it's a it's in the UK. Uh, yeah, they call it something else, but it's something. the same concept. Um, so they all show up for community service, and they're all weird in their own way, or angry, or bitter, or shy, or whatever. And through a series of events, um, you see them over six episodes come to trust each other and to want to help each other and become eventually kind of become friends. Yeah. Um, Each using sort of their own talents and abilities and things that they have mm -hmm. to, to get each other out, uh, out of and into better situations. So, yes, some of them are a lot funnier than others. Some of them are just kind of normal people, but like Stephen Merchant's character, again, he's one of those, everything he does makes you laugh. Um, but one of my favorite characters was the wannabe cop who was oh, overseeing. Yes. Oh, oh yes. my goodness. She, she was hysterical. Mm-hmm. Everything. She was so funny. And, and we're talking like laugh out loud funny yes, on multiple yes. occasions. Yes. And did a really good job with her character of, uh, she was, um, 
Pemberley, I believe was her name. Mm-hmm. But she she was so they did a really good job of her being a little bit bumbling, but also competent. You know, she was uh-huh. competent, but she and she there were things that she did well, but obviously there were other thing, things that she did for laughs, and and they balanced it really well because mm-hmm. they they didn't because it could very easily make her come off to look like a complete buffoon. Yeah. Um. But they the the dialogue was just so where she was very likable and mm-hmm. she was very funny, but but she also you know had moments where it's like okay she's she knows what she's doing, you know she gets the wool pull over her eyes a few times, but I mean but she knows she knows you know what she's doing and and thinks what she's doing is important, and um, they even give a little a little backstory for her and one of the strengths of the series and I don't know how they did it, but. Um, because it's six or seven at seven episodes, I think, but it's, mm-hmm. it's the, how they are able to balance the backstory of each character. Cause you kind of get a little vignette to, to see how, well, how did they land up in mm-hmm. service and, and what, and you get little things about, you know, how their life is a little, you know, uh, why are they in here and, and, and what trouble did they get into and, and what challenges are they facing? And, um, it's it's hard work to get them to balance that in the right way where you don't feel it's overly heavy on one person. You know, the only, like I said, the only person I think that got cheated a little bit was Christopher Walken. Um, I think so. I could have used more of that. For and, sure. uh, and Stephen Merchant, uh, he was one of the creators of the show. So I don't know if he purposely gave himself all the funny stuff, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, he was just a hoot and a half and through the whole, through the whole show. And, um, the, the the Eleanor Tomlinson who plays she was in the she's in a show called The Nevers on HBO Max is what I know her from, mm-hmm. but she plays the Instagram star. That part maybe I thought was a little bit of a stretch, but I mean, she, I mean she pulled it off. I mean she she acted like a sort of like B list celebrity in a way. Yeah, it, I mean, it, I could have done with less of her storyline, maybe. Yeah. You know, give me a little bit more Christopher Walken, a little yes. bit less of her, and but I, you know, at, at the end of the day, it wouldn't prevent me from maybe watching it again in six months or something when yeah before they because it's already been renewed for a second season. Yes, so. it has actually. I think they've already filmed it. I saw in that interview with <gasps> really, it, it's already in the can, but also, I don't know. When, I don't know when they're going to release it though. You know how Amazon, yeah, like yeah, yeah. But even, um, but even in balancing. Um, their political because uh, the 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 guy that owned the warehouse and the activists I mean, they had wildly different. I mean, if you can imagine, yeah. sort of a right wing and a left wing person in this country, mm-hmm. they had wildly different political views. But even they balanced that really well. Yes, um, you know, in in because the reason why I won't spoil it, but the reason why the guy who owned the factory was in jail, I thought was ridiculous about mm-hmm. it. it had to do with somebody trying to rob his house and. And uh, I know and what he got in trouble for. I was like, really? Is that maybe that's something in England? I don't know if you can do that. But anyway, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to give it away. But do you think, uh, I guess the lion's share of the story did sort of focus on the two younger people. Yeah. Cause it was, a, it was, a, there was that kind of that love story there. If yeah. You, or, or if you want to go there. Um, and I, that didn't but, really bother me though. Cause yeah, I, that, cause, it, cause they did a really good job of pulling everybody else into it. Yeah. So. Yeah. I agree. Um, um, I feel like the ending maybe 
not that I wanted another full episode, but I feel like some of the problems there at the end wrapped up a little too neatly. Yeah. But I also know if there's going to be a second season, then, then there's time for them to, right? you know, maybe continue on with a couple of the storylines or whatever. And and not to give it away, but they, they even had sort of like this, I would say, this half a turn little twisty at the end yeah. of it um, that sort of explained, you know, some other stuff and a good, there was a nice little performance by, I can't, well, I can find her name, but the actress that played, uh, the, the R- sister. Ronnie. Yeah. The, oh no. Oh, the sister. The sister. Okay. You know, yeah. And, and, and they even, you know, plugged that together. Um, and inner and wove her into the story. The writing, it was just, the writing was just really tight. It mm-hmm. was really tight. And, well, um, that's what, I, th- I think that's what shows how a well-written show, what it can do. Well, and you were talking about the, the like the little flashbacks that they did. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it could have easily gone the wrong way with, you know, like a 30 minute flashback or something right. that just dominates an episode. And it was almost like they would do a one minute flashback when somebody was not necessarily telling their story, right. but making a comment. And then suddenly you're there where it happened and you're like, holy crap. And then you're back to current, you know, and, so they, uh, they did handle that very well. And Stephen, Stephen merchants um, in that interview I saw, he said his, his, his backstory was based on um, uh, uh, the, the prostitute with uh, who was a British actor that was caught with a prostitute that was married to um, the actress from the uh, Austin powers. I can't believe I can't remember her name because I think she's gorgeous. Um, oh, her. I know who you're talking about, but I can't think of yeah, her name Hugh, either. Hugh Grant. Hugh Grant, yes. Yes. Uh, uh, that's it, funny. His, his being caught, um, well, I mean, this is a minor spoiler, but Stephen Merchant, the reason he's in community service is because he's caught with a prostitute in his car. Now, what happens in that is hilariously funny, so you need to watch <laughs> that. But he said that he, he heard the legend behind how Hugh Grant got caught was he was in the car with the person and the person was providing the service that they were paid to provide. And that Hugh Grant kept hitting the brake pedal. Uh-huh. And so every time he hit the brake pedal, this bl- his blinkers, his brake lights would go on and off <laughs> and on and off. And that alerted a police officer who was like, Oh, that's curious. What's going on. <laughs> and then came over there to see what was going on. And then that's, and he, and he said, I have no idea if that's true, but I heard that story and I thought it was funny. So he like whipped it in there and that's not how he was, you know, he was caught in the show. So I didn't spoil mm-hmm. anything, but he was with a prostitute. And again, that was a very funny, hilarious scene. So Watch it for Stephen Merchant, if 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 not anything. Agree. And again, this this I would say this uh, not that they're even the same type of series, but the last podcast we did pieces of her, mm-hmm. and that was what ten episodes. Yes. And this, and this was seven episodes, and I think it told a much tighter story. Agree. Way way more characters, and they did it in what three less episodes. So yes, without because I I think it, pieces of her all of the all of the flashback. Was it necessary? Right. I don't know. Maybe it's the difference between comedy and drama or Mm -hmm. dramedy, if you will. I don't know if the outlaws to me is a little bit of, there's some drama, but I mean, there's a huge focus on the funny too. So yeah, maybe with the drama, they wanted to build the suspense or build the, whatever they were trying to build. I don't know. 
Yeah. Or to get, to get to whatever twisting ending they wanted to do there. So exactly. yeah, I just all around, I thought it was just, uh, I think I watched it in two days. Mm-hmm. It was that good. So yeah, it's, and again, it's one of those shows where you want to keep watching it. So yes. And each episode I think is maybe 50 minutes, 55 minutes or mm-hmm. something. So, well, yeah, sounds like we, we got a definite opinion on this. So I'm oh, going I think to we do. ask you, Janet, Amazon prime. With Christopher Walken and Stephen Merchant series, The Outlaws. Should I watch that? Drop what you're doing and go watch it. That is a hard yes. Um, Funny and smart and efficient in the way it does what it needs to do. And anything that can make me laugh out loud like that is worth worth a watch for sure. Yes, indeed. Absolutely. All right, Sean. The Outlaws. Amazon. Prime, Stephen Merchant, Christopher Walken. Should I watch that? Most certainly. Very, very good. And this is Amazon Prime. Pieces of her was Netflix. Just saying. <laughs> kind of keeping with this pattern that I think you keep seeing. Where I see something on Amazon. Just- now that's going to be tested because I think one of the next things that we're reviewing is another series on Amazon Prime with uh, Josh Brolin. And I think that's going to be something that we review. And I'm wondering... If it's if they're going to keep up with that one, but the outlaws for sure, watch it seven episodes. It's definitely a weekend watch. You can definitely mm-hmm. knock it out in a week for sure. Uh, there's going to be another season. That's probably going to be great too, but uh, yes. all around, all around very well written, very funny, enough of a drama, you know, and a little bit of peril thrown in there to keep it kind of <laughs> spicy. But yeah, well, I, I, I just a nice little surprise, really. And some a ruffians. nice little surprise. Uh, ruffians are some in there. Ruffians are in there. So. You know, I like my ruffians. I mean, what more could you ask for? And um, I'm, I'm starting to, have, to develop a real affinity for British stuff. Well, it, they're so funny. They're funnier than us. I, they, I guess they are. <laughs> They've been around longer. And I just, I think I enjoy that, the, the wit, whatever it is that's in that mm-hmm. wit. And uh, anyway, so yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely watch it. So, hey, two, two yeses to begin with. Number two, I'm a little worried about, maybe. Okay. I'm not sure. Um, okay. This is, this is one we're reviewing, I think, off your suggestion, because I think you really like one of the actors in it. Yes. So the second thing we're reviewing is what? It is Ambulance. Ambulance. In theaters this in year. Theaters. Um, and our main star is the lovely Jake Gyllenhaal. Yes. I am a fan. Mm -hmm. I like him too. I am a fan. Um, it it was directed by Michael Bay and it definitely shows. Good Lord. Was it? Yes. Yes. Um, so before we get any deeper into this, I'm going to throw something at you here. Uh Oh, your favorite Gyllenhaal movie. Don't dodge it. Catch it. Um, I'm not prepared with all of his movies in front of me, so I have to think. Going to keep you on your toes. Um, The first thing that pops into my head is October Sky. Oh, I saw that. I remember seeing that in the theater. When he was younger. Way back when. Yeah, he's a lot younger, obviously. But honestly, I don't have an encyclopedic knowledge of... Throw throw some more at me. Do you got some in your head that you're thinking about Um, that he was in? Well, just a few of my personal favorites if you recognize any of them, um, mm-hmm. he was a, a movie called Nightcrawler. Haven't seen it. Oh my God, please watch it. Um, I, I know, I know about, I know of it. Please watch it. Creepy. Um, there's also one called end of watch. 
where he is a police officer. Yes, I've seen that once. I did. Yeah, like it. and the I movie like follows it. follows him and his partner um, mm-hmm. through a night out. Uh, Donnie Darko. I'm Donnie Darko. I, I like that. I didn't like it better than October Skies. Zodiac. I did like Zodiac. Better Loved than him and Zodiac. Yeah, I should remember that one. Um, there was a good one called Source Code. Yes. Very and, good. And I want to I want to say what I wrote, but I don't really want to give it away because I highly, right. highly recommend Source Code. But yes. there's a twist. And if I say what I want to say, it gives away the twist. So right. And, that, and you, you want to talk about a, 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 like a tight little science fiction movie. I think that's yes. barely under 90 minutes. And it is it, it's it is really good. Yeah, I would put really that above, I would put that above October Sky. That might be yeah. number one, but tied with Zodiac. But Zodiac is exceptional. Well, if Zodiac across that. the board, with or without. I mean, I mean, he is great in it, but brilliant movie. Um, and <laughs> so I was looking at the list, and I just sort of a little aside here uh, for movies or shorts or whatever in which he is a part. There's a music video, Jamie Foxx, Feach, T-Pain, called Blame It. And in the music video, they're in a convertible, four guys rolling up to the club. Jake Gyllenhaal, Ron Howard, Forrest Whitaker, and Jamie Foxx. In a convertible, rolling up to the club. They meet Samuel L. Jackson there. And then there's a song and there were some other people like just brief little flat. Cause I watched the music video out of curiosity anyway. So he did that too. And I would be remiss. now that I'm looking at the list that I pulled it up. Thank you. Internet. I would be remiss in not mentioning Spider-Man no way home since he played Mysterio <sighs> in that. Oh, shut up with the size. <laughs> will you? Okay. I saw it on the list. I was like, Nope. Yeah, I would Can't be remiss in mentioning that. I did, I did like that movie, and he was he played he played a good character in that as well. But still, yeah. that, I, I put again, I would put Zodiac and Source Code over Spider Man. Yeah. Home, so um, he was also in a really good movie that didn't get a whole lot of attention, in my opinion. But it was called Life with the beautiful Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, I know you're going to mention that. Um, and they developed a lovely bromance along the way. So if you're ever bored, just Google Ryan Reynolds, Jake Gyllenhaal, and they do interviews together, and it's really funny. Yeah. You're like, yeah, get a really room, fun. man. Get a room. Okay. Don't, anyway. watch, don't watch Prince of Persia, The Sand of Times. So don't that, that save yourself. Bad. That was based on a video game. So that was Like go, bad, go brush your cat's teeth or something, and then think about watching. Anyway. So how is uh, Ambulance going to stack up with all of those good movies that we just mentioned? Um, I, that's a good question. <laughs> um, I, I, I can't even quite get to the movie yet because of a couple of people who are in it okay. that I need to keep talking to you about. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So one of one, the, the other main character along with Jake Gyllenhaal and this guy, he plays his brother, um, Yab- Yaya Abdul-Mateen II. If you recall, he was the lead in the Candyman reboot Candyman. from Jordan Peele. Yes. Um, he was also Mor- Morpheus in The Matrix Resurrections. He was Cal Abar in The Watchmen, uh, the miniseries. And he's also going to be Black Manta in Aquaman and The Lost Kingdom. Yes. Blah, blah. Anyway, um, great actor. Really like the guy. Yeah. Um, there's another character in the movie, and I 
go ahead and prepare to laugh at me a little bit. Um, he played Poppy, I believe. Mm-hmm. So his na- the actor's name is A. Martinez. When I was a young Janet, mm-hmm. younger than I am now, because I'm still very young, um, I would rush home from school when I get, I'd get off the school bus and rush in to catch the last half hour of the soap opera called Santa Barbara. Uh-huh. And I watched it. I don't know how many, how long it ran. I watched that. And he played Cruz Castillo in Santa Barbara. And I loved him. Um, but he was also in Breaking Bad. Uh, mm-hmm. He was uh, one of the bad guys. And I think that's the first time that uh, Walter White introduces himself as the name that I can't uh, Heisen- remember. Heisenberg. Heisenberg, yeah. Yeah. Um, he was a in Longmire, he was in yeah. a great show that ran ninety six, ninety seven called Profiler. Mm-hmm. Um, and a little bit more irony for anyone who doesn't care, because I'm the only one who does. Um, I started rewatching the Night Stalker documentary on Netflix because it was so good, mm-hmm. and the detective who was pivotal in capturing the Night Stalker, his name is Gil Carrillo. And wouldn't you know, A. Martinez actually played Lieutenant Gil Carrillo in Manhunt, colon, Search for the Night Stalker from 1989, which I am going to go watch. There you go. So, boom, circle of life, drop that on you, and no one cares about that but me. (laughs) Um, And there's one other main character in this movie. He plays an FBI dude. His name is Garrett Dillahunt. And if yeah. anybody watched the Mindy Project, he was Jody Kimball Kinney in the Mindy Project. Yeah, um, he, he was also in Justified. He was in Looper, and he was also in uh, Terminator: Colon, The Sarah Connor Chronicles. So yeah, not he, one of my favorite one of those, actors, but yeah, he's, he he's was one of those good. guys that always plays sort of generic tough guy. You know, yeah. generic tough guy copies. Mm-hmm. And like he's he was, not a leading man at all. Yeah. But and he was a little bit comic relief here because his his yes, dog was his dog. Was. <laughs> anyway. And what about the the amb- there was another the ambulance um person the, that was the in EMT? It, yeah. Uh Gonzalez yes. is her last name. I, I looked she, her up. She was in I care a lot, but I don't remember her. Oh wait, was she her assistant? <gasps> Her girlfriend? Her, she played Fran, and I care a lot. Boy, it's been a minute. Oh, since it's we been saw a that. yeah, it's been a while. But she, she was, she's been in a bunch of stuff. She was in uh, Baby Driver and Godzilla versus Kong, Hobbs and Shaw. So she's really, she, she's kind of, uh, um, uh, I don't want to. She's like beautiful woman in action movie is what she is. I mean, really, yes, she was in From Dust Till Dawn the series. So she's she's done a lot of work too. Uh, but Fast and the Furious movie, she was in some of those as well. So, uh-huh. yeah, um, she um, she did a great job, and she is stunningly gorgeous. She is stunning. So, lots of actors that we really like. Yes. <laughs> so, are we going to add <laughs> ambulance into the annals of movies that we say you show? Um, yeah, I mean, so it clearly is an action movie. It's a heist movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's a little bit like speed it's a little bit oj and the white bronco it's a little italian job mm-hmm. um so it blends a lot of different things in and the concept is there um so two brothers one from another mother two brothers mm-hmm. 
and the First Brothers gang rob a bank. Right. And they have to escape because things go poorly, as things mm-hmm. tend to do when and one is did. committing a crime of that nature. This is all stuff that's in the trailer, folks. Yeah. So don't worry. Yeah. So no, no spoilers. Um, but then the majority of the movie is spent trying to evade the police and the FBI mm-hmm. and get the money for themselves and not die in the process. Um, so it is a lot of action, a lot of driving. It is a lot of shooting, <laughs> a lot of mm-hmm. cops and FBI agents and car chases. And I mean, so it's, it's that if that's, if you're looking for that, it's a good popcorn movie, um, in my opinion. But okay. it, it does run a little long. It, run, it It's a little bit longer than it needed to be, I think. There's some stuff that could have been shut, cut out. Two hours and 16 minutes, you are dead on the money. It is yeah. too long. It is yeah. too long by probably 30 minutes. Yeah. Too long. Agreed. Especially considering, I think, what they didn't do in the movie, uh, which is a lot of character setup. Yeah. I mean, you are... I think you're less than 10 minutes into this movie and, mm-hmm. and we're zooming and shooting. And yeah, it's, I mean, agree. it's, and they do a, mo- a just a tiny bit of, you know, set up as to why, um, uh, you know, Jake Gyllenhaal seems to be the more seasoned mm-hmm. uh, person as far as bank robbery goes or ro- robbing things. And, um, and his brother will is one that, and this is something that was unclear to me. You tell me he mm-hmm. kind of was involved, but then he got out. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what that, that's what we were supposed to believe. Right. Yeah. That was my understanding that they grew up together and okay. like their father apparently right. was, was a legend, some a sort legend. of legend. And then, and you know, other brother crime. got out of it and ended up in the military, I believe. Right. And he has a, and, and, and he has a desperate need for lots of money. I won't say why. Yeah. It's probably in the trailer, but. But there's more character development on that side than there is right, Jake Gyllenhaal's exactly. side. Yeah, Jake Gyllenhaal's just, you know. And, okay. I, I, I've i liked a lot of Michael Bay's movies, okay? Mm-hmm. And, you know, Michael Bay's behind The Rock. He's behind Bad Boys. Uh, he was a music video director before he directed Bad Boys. D- and Didn't he also do, like, the... Um- Transformers movies. Transformers, yeah. All of them. All yeah. five of them. He did all oh of them. Oh, my God. And um, the only thing that was missing from this is is a uh, an almost upskirt shot of a young woman. Because <laughs> he like has that in every movie. But if you... One of the things I've noticed, and I could be wrong about this, but Michael Bay, if, if you've seen The Rock, if you've seen Bad Boys... You, you know you're watching a Michael Bay movie. Yes. Okay. There, especially if there's cars in it, and, <laughs> and what normally you see are these Michael Bay shots where it's always sort of like this low swooping shot. Imagine like a bunch of cars, cop cars, speeding on an intersection, and they all have to stop, and everybody hops out to figure out what's going on. Mm-hmm. Now that shot is always some low swooping shot at about headlight level that kind of goes in a semicircle around the intersection. And then all the car, all the cars come up, the sirens are blazing and people slam on the brakes and they're next to each other. Da, 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 da. And then everybody pops out and then they talk. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And and those type of shots in Michael Bay movies are always the transition shots. Every time, you know, in The Rock, when he's going up to Alcatraz or or whenever they're taking over Alcatraz, it's always these, you know, quick cuts. Yes. You know, we're, we're, we're cutting and we're setting up the rockets and we're cutting and we're getting the prisoner, we're getting the hostages in the cells and we're cutting and we're setting up the motion sensors and we're setting and we're putting bullets and guns and stuff. <laughs> but then it stops. But then it stops. Uh-huh. And then they have dialogue and they have characters and it. And, it, and it's, it's all part of a transition. This movie was 80% this, these, this frenetic editing that they did, because mm-hmm. as we, as stated eight minutes into the movie, they're trying to escape in this ambulance and they're in that ambulance for the next hour. Mm-hmm. And the whole movie is at this frenetic edit. And I swear, Janet, it gave me a headache. I don't know if I'm getting old. I know I'm getting older <laughs> because my kids, my kids joke at me because I like to play video games, but there are certain video games that I really can't play anymore. Any of these fast paced first person shooters and stuff. Yeah. I have a difficult time playing it because of the quick motion that's on the screen. Mm-hmm. And it kind of quickly gives me a headache. And I was 40 minutes into this movie and I had a raging headache. Watching really? Yes. I, was, I mean, see, it was unpleasant to watch. I didn't it. even notice that. I mean, that I could be me. That could be I, me. I mean, it, it was clearly fast paced and, yes. you know, left and right and what's happening and this is that and driving and, you know, you're in the back of the ambulance doing 90 miles an hour trying to right. save someone's life or whatever. Yes. I mean, there, there was a lot of that, but I, I didn't see it that way. Well, and, and, it, and again, it could be accent. my old eyes and I'm like, go get a pair of glasses, you old fart. I mean, that could probably, well, I mean, honestly, I, I am easily 25 years younger than you. So yes, I, I mean, know, that makes a difference. Preach. Uh, I mean, it's just a, <laughs> but, um, but I think, uh, but I don't, I have to watch the other movie. I, I'd have to watch the rock again. Maybe the rock gives me a headache now. I don't know, but I just, I don't remember that frenetic editing being more than just a transition. So, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, um, it's, personally I found the situations that they were in laughably ridiculous. Now am I supposed to put that aside? Cause it's a Michael Bay, Bay movie. Mm-hmm. I was reminded a lot of six underground, which I hated. Oh, God, that was awful. Which I hated. Awful. Um, movie. The, the situation, some of the things they did in that ambulance when they were driving at 80 miles mm-hmm. an hour to like save somebody's life was, I'm, my, I'm sure I will ne- my wife will never be able to watch this movie because she's a nurse and goodness gracious, we watch hospital shows and she flips out over <laughs> the, the laughable stuff that's going on there. And we've got people doing blood transfusions and uh-huh. t- people's spleens at 500 miles an hour while they're crashing through barriers. And I'm like, really? I know that was that. Was, I mean, cl- clearly, am I believing any of this is real? No, I am not. Um, what, what got me, I can overlook the medical stuff. Cause I'm like, right. clearly you didn't even right. talk to a doctor before you did any of this. Um, <laughs> but it, it, the fact that they were driving that fast for that long and never had to stop for gas. Exactly. I mean, so as <laughs> an ambulance is not very fuel efficient. I mean, and, and he's, he's driving really fast and it's city driving, <laughs> you know, he's getting what? 11 miles to the gallon. I know. After an hour, I, I'm sorry. That was just and that they was never, a little they much. Never hit a traffic jam in LA. But. Yeah, I know. So I well put that all the, that aside. <laughs> and the other there, there's another issue. There's one more issue that I had with the with the script is that okay, clearly, and this kind of comes out in the 
in, in, in the trailer too. But clearly towards the end, they're trying to make one of the characters to transform him into a hero. Uh-huh. Sort of. Mm-hmm. To give him some sort of redemption arc. And maybe, again, I'm a grumpy old man, but even after it was over, I'm like, man, I don't care what you did. That, that, <laughs> you, you were involved in an action that, you know, cost people their lives. Mm-hmm. And, you know... It, I I just I didn't I did not feel sympathy for the person that I was supposed to feel sympathy for at the end of the movie. Well, and I, I think it, I'm with you because what is so easily overlooked in these kinds of movies is, mm. you know, did he try to do the right thing at the end? Bless his heart. Right. But let's go back to the very beginning of the movie. How many car accidents were caused because of their driving? How many people died or were injured in said car accidents? How many people no longer have a car (laughs) because their car was totaled on the highway and you can only hope that they have insurance and maybe that car was their only way to work and now they have to take the bus. I'm like, you, (laughs) and you're not supposed to think about those things, but Sometimes we're you do. Too practical. Now. We're far too practical. We're far too practical. So I, I mean, yeah, whatever. He, I mean, he, his heart was in the right place, but again, and, at the end of the day. And as someone who has watched all, not all of, so nobody spoiling for me, Ozark. Okay. <gasps> yes. But as somebody that has watched a lot of Ozark, one of the things that Jason Bateman has taught me. <laughs> is it from that show is you can't just manifest a large amount of money mm-hmm. and use it for anything. Cause there's a great scene in Ozark in the first season where he stumbles upon these yokels <laughs> that has found a large portion, a stash of his cash that he's supposed to be laundering for the drug people. Uh huh. And there's a great speech where he says, what do you think you found here? What do you, uh-huh. what do you, and cause they found garbage bags full of money. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, you hit the lottery and he goes into this diatribe about if you buy anything that's over X amount of dollars, he said, the IRS is going to come down on you. Like if you do this with the money, they're going to, if you deposit it into a bank, they're going to be like, well, you can't deposit more than such and such, such and such. Da, 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 da. Uh-huh. And, and he's like, and he says something to the effect. It's been a long time since I saw that scene, but he says, basically what you found there is uh, grocery money for the uh-huh. next, you know, for the next 15 years or something like that. You know, yeah. don't think you can buy a boat. And so, you know what I'm talking about in terms mm-hmm. of the end of the movie, it's like, Oh, all their problems are solved now. Yeah. I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> you can't just put a brick, of, brick of cash in a baby carriage and think that <laughs> everything's going to be fine. I mean, I know. It really, it, one of the things, one of the things I thought when it was over is it felt like a junior league version of something like the rock. It felt like somebody's uh-huh. first attempt at the rock and it should not be his, he should be more refined now, but it seems like he's doubling down on his fast action cuts and stuff like that. I mean, Jake Gyllenhaal was trying, I mean, he was, uh, he was doing a good job of being mm-hmm. sort of a semi in control yet, you know, very, very good professional, Yet also realizing the increasing, you know, the panic slowly increasing of the of what he's getting involved in, mm-hmm. and and ironically enough, the whole thing with uh, with a Martinez, which is sort of a back end part of the movie, um, yeah, that seemed that seemed kind of clamped on. 
Yeah. That seemed I, like something that I know it was sort of an, an attempt to figure out how they're going to get out of this situation, but. Well, and I, I, I think they didn't have to go that direction, honestly. Yeah. Because by that point in the movie, you're like, dear God, just get out of the friggin' ambulance. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I think they could have come, they could have come up with something a little better there that maybe would have shaved off 15 or 20 minutes. Right. Of stuff that we didn't need to see. But. Yeah. You know. All right. Well, I'm ready to call it. I'm not sure. I, I think you probably know my answer, but I'm going to ask you first because I'm not really sure of what yours is. Well, I and just a couple of little Go. interesting factoids. Please. If you if you I don't will mind, allow. you always have um, such wonderful factoids. I love the factoids. Um, the dog Nitro in the movie, who ends yes. up in the back seat of the car, who <laughs> slobbers yes. everywhere, is actually Michael Bay's dog. I thought that was interesting. Oh wow. Um, and the music that plays over the titles at the end of the film is the same music that plays on the soundtrack of 13 hours. The oh, Benghazi okay. movie that was yes. brilliant with a beautiful John Krasinski. Yes. Um, just That's thought that it. was interesting. Michael Bay's also in the movie. He plays a cop in two scenes. So oh, wow. there you go. Reason to see it. So, Okay. What, what what dog was that? A bull mastiff? What kind of dog was? Oh it? It was god, gigantic! It was whatever. huge. It looked like a bulldog, but it was bigger than a bulldog. Yeah. It was ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. That was anyway. sort of the comic relief of the movie, and the dog was in there for. I know. And don't worry, Janet would tell you if the dog got hurt. The dog yes, if the dog hurt. got hurt, this would be a completely mm-hmm. new conversation. <laughs> I'm just telling you that right now. All right, so I am not sure of your answers. So oh, thus endeth the factoids. I'm sorry. I didn't mean- <laughs> Yes. Okay. <laughs> so ambulance, Michael Bay and uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. And what was that guy's name again? I forgot. Um, Yaya Abdul-Mateen. Mateen from Candyman and yes. Watchmen. Uh, should I watch that? Yeah. Okay. I, I said it. I Yeah. If you, it, with a, a little clarification <laughs> that if you, if you just want, some shit blowing up and you just want people shooting each other and car chases and Jake Gyllenhaal and just crazy stuff happening and just sit back with your big ass bucket of popcorn and enjoy it. Yes. If you go into it looking for something deep and meaningful, life altering and put you in touch with the universe, (laughs) step away. Yeah. But I'm going to say yes. All right. Yeah. It is what it is. That's what it is. It is what it is. All right, Sean. Ambulance in theaters, 2022. The Hall, the Martinez, mm-hmm. the dog. Should I watch that? I'm going to go no on this one. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, it's 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 Michael Bay. I don't know if I don't know if all the transfer Transformer movies me- messed him up. I've <laughs> I've seen I think three of the Transformer movies. Um, they increasingly got re- more ridiculous and stupid. Um, I don't think the first one's bad. I, my kids w- enjoyed the first one, but I mean, it's rock'em sock'em robots. I mean, it's, uh, but anyway, <laughs> we're talking about ambulance. It's, uh, it's, Bring it back around, man. Yeah. The, fr- the, the, the cuts were distractingly annoying for me. It, it was, I love action movies, mm-hmm. uh, but it was just, it was too much. It was too yeah. much visual violence vomit on the screen too much um that 
it's an hour of people yelling at each other going, get laid over, get over, back <laughs> off. No, touch. what are you doing? I mean, it's, we can't let him die. Yeah. I mean, laughable medical situations that are in it. Um, it's, and then it's, there was a point where I was like, okay, well this is going to be over soon. And I was like, sweet God, there's 45 minutes left. <laughs> and so no, it, it was, I mean, I enjoyed some of the blow up stuff, but, uh, Bad Boys is much better. The Rock is way better. Yeah, that's, that's his best movie, I think. Um, but no, it, it's I, I will not visit it, revisit it again. And it's I, I don't know. He needs to go back to his roots or something. He's, mm-hmm. he's, he's just doing too much. Six under. It's better than Six Underground. I'll give you that. We'll give it. Oh, for, but there's not it much, just not much that isn't. But like I said, it just it it felt like a I don't know. Somebody was trying to like Michael Bay's ADHD kid or something was trying to <laughs> copy his dad or something. I don't know. Yeah. Too much, too much. So yeah. no, no for me. All right. All right. So what are we doing next? Okay. So next we're still in the theater. Oh yeah. Okay. I know what and speaking ahead. of the rock. Yes. Nice little segue there. Cool. Uh, we were going to speak about the unbearable weight of massive talent <laughs> starring owner of the bunny from con air uh-huh. nicholas cage yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna stop for a minute here <laughs> we have to do this movie we have to do this movie We've we, had a, we had a nicholas cage top five bottom five yeah been but, there but but janet i want to talk about the first <laughs> two minutes of the movie okay because i was i, I saw this in a theater last week and I laughed at the first two, two minutes of the movie. People turned and looked at me because at the time <laughs> I laughed, it was not. We had two people at the beginning of this movie. I'm not giving anything away that were watching a Nicolas Cage movie. And the lines that each of them said, I believe it was in either Italian or Espanol. I don't know. <laughs> but the lines that either one of them said was Nick Cage is amazing. And then the other, <laughs> the other guy says, he's an absolute legend. <laughs> And Janet, what what movie were they watching? What movie uh, were they watching? Uh, first of all, you're <laughs> assuming that these people had a brain in their head. Okay. You're dodging the question. You're dodging the question. Uh, what movie I, were they What? It wasn't Raising Arizona. I find your comments irrelevant. <laughs> And I don't appreciate the level of sarcasm that the I'm receiving right people now. <laughs> need to know the frippin' uh, movie that they uh, were watching where they called him. Shut up, Conair, it was Conair. It was Conair. Where he was giving his daughter the bunny. The bunny. <laughs> and they were not one, but they were two references of Conair in this movie. I'm just saying. Yes. Who yes. Someone, not me, said was the worst Nicolas Cage movie ever made. <laughs> And I so, stand behind it. No, firmly. Uh, th- this is uh, concrete proof that I was right. So we can move on. <laughs> anyway, uh, the unbearable weight of mass talent, starring Mr. Yes. Nick Cage. Nick Cage. What um, a weird movie this was. What a weird movie. Um, Pedro Pascal was brilliant. That's right. Um, recently from the bubble uh, that we reviewed. Yes, he was in that. It's very good. It's the Mandalorian and Stanley Goodspeed together in a movie. <laughs> That's good. Um, uh, we also have Tiffany Haddish, uh, who's in 
a comedian turned actress who was okay. She wasn't anything great. She, I've seen her do better stuff before. Um, but one of my favorite <laughs> actors in this movie who had such a small role, mm-hmm. and I understand why, is Ike Barinholtz. Again, back to the Mindy Project. If you yeah. ever watch that, uh, Morgan Tukers <laughs> was in this movie. And he's hysterical in the Mindy Project. But he was the other yeah. FBI agent. And Demi Moore has a cameo in this. Woo, yeah, for about 90 seconds. She does. I missed it completely. But then I will admit at one point in the movie, I think I was on Twitter maybe playing Words with Friends. So Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Um, that could have happened. That may be foreshadowing right there. <laughs> that, that might have been the reason I missed her. <laughs> okay, so break it down for me, Mr. Conner. Okay, so we had... I saw the preview for this movie and I kind of went, what? Yes. But, but it's Nick cage. So I'm like, we have to review this. Yes. Um, it's, it's sort of meta in its setup because Nick cage in an incredible, and now he's, he, he's an actor who can stretch to play lots of things, but in his, one of his more challenging roles in this movie, he plays Nick cage. <laughs> Glad I was sitting down before you said and, that. And and just talking about anything that the, the trailer, this is just the trailer talks about, but he, he finds himself in some financial straits uh, where he needs money and, and his acting career is sort of, you know, not at its best point at the moment, but he gets an offer from the Pedro Pascal character, who is the Javi Gutierrez, I think, mm-hmm. who is a, who is, uh, a millionaire, um, mm-hmm. billionaire, and he wants him to come hang out with him at his birthday party, I think. <laughs> yeah. And he's offering to pay him a million dollars just mm-hmm. to come and hang out with him. So uh, after initially declining, he finds out from his agent or business manager or something that he has an incredible debt and he needs money. And so he agrees to go and and he goes and visits this gentleman and hilarity ensues. And mm-hmm. he, he finds out what a massive fan he is. Uh, you know, perhaps he has, you know, a screenplay that he wants him to read. You know, I, you know, <laughs> he, he has a sort of stuff. A room full of memorabilia. Memorabilia. As it were. Yes. The bunny from the, the bunny. Movie <laughs> and uh, the golden guns from face off and things like that. And the Again, beads the, from, the beads. <laughs> from the rock. Yes. Elegant string of pearls formation. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and so, you know, it, it's, it's hard to talk more about it, but he, the Tiffany Hardish character and, uh, what was his name? You, you just said uh, Morgan, Morgan Tukers, just call he, him. <laughs> they play CIA agents. And so Nick Cage gets involved in some sort of CIA business and it's just kind of silliness. You know, it gets increasingly silly, you know, from beginning to end. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a relationship with his daughter, who is not his real daughter, um, and his right. wife or ex-wife. I don't. I can. That was yeah. I think it's ex- supposed to be ex-wife. It was unclear to me. And um, and it, so hijinks ensue. <laughs> well, and then and then there's this really weird thing where he Nick Cage talks to another version of Nick Cage. Well, yes, from, a younger version of himself. He, he sort of looks like the Nick Cage from when Peggy Sue got married is what he looks yes. like to me. And he just, he shows up here and there and they have conversations in the car and at a bar and it's very interesting. Random. It's random. very random. And if I was to say one thing, one thing about the movie, I mean, I've got things to say about the movie, but if I was to say one thing about it, that seemed weird and tacked on. 
I don't, well, I didn't it, really understand how that moved the story forward whenever it we didn't, saw. Yeah. It didn't bring anything to the story except to, to give that one yell that I'm Nick effing cage. Yeah. And he just, so there was that, but I, I, I don't know the purpose of that. It, it didn't bring, unless it was to kind of, maybe show that he's a little eclectic and a little, 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 little off loopy. the beaten path, sort of with his right. self. I, I don't know. Well, I'll give him credit. I will give Nick Nicholas Cage credit because he is in large portions of this movie, sort of making fun of himself and yes. the sort of the varied crazy roles that he's played in, yes. in different movies. Cause I, I mean, I'll give him, I'll give him respect. I think, he has a very wide range of different things that he can do. Uh, but he has, again, he has played in movies that I absolutely love. And boy, he mm-hmm. has played in some absolute stinkers. Yes. And I think we even talked about in our uh, top five, bottom five Nicolas Cage podcast. We said we went back how many years and we said he had a screen credit for every year since like the eighties or something yes. like every yes. single year. So Th- this is his 100th film wow. in a leading role. That's crazy. Right, Hard, hardest working man in show business, man. <laughs> Apparently, James Brown. Please forgive me, but yeah. um, <laughs> so if I was going to say anything about this movie, there were parts of the movie that I thought were really funny. Mm-hmm. There were parts of the movie that really drug, and um, but s- you stitch it all together, and in the end, I was like, eh. <laughs> It's certainly, I mean, it's way better than Ghost Rider 2. Okay. Yes. Um, but it's, 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 they don't stitch enough good stuff together to, to make it. No. And, and, and I'm with you. So there were moments where I laughed, like when they, when they dropped acid together or something like yes. that was, no, that yes. was funny. Um, some stuff with, so Neil Patrick Harris plays his agent. Some of that yes. was funny. Um, but I mean, you have Tiffany Haddish. I, I mean, mm-hmm. there's a lot that could have been done there that wasn't done. Yeah. And honestly, like toward the end, I was just like, all right, let's just wrap this up. Yeah. I, I just yeah. Then, I lost and the, interest. Honestly. And then the ending of it, honestly, the ending of it made me think, well, did that all just happen? Or was that just part of a. Yeah. Was it all in his you know, head? And he was, was talking to himself or, about yeah, it. Yeah. Cause I mean, it, you know, maybe that's, maybe there's some other film person that would say exactly Sean. That's what it meant. That was the whole purpose of the movie. Was it Do real? you really know? Was it real? Is Nicholas Cage a reliable narrator? I mean, is that it or is it all just a, um, but that either, either they, they didn't do enough or they didn't go far enough, you know, with the zaniest. I mean, I laughed at the beginning. I sort of laughed at the end when, you know, there was a resolution to the sort of kidnap plot and mm-hmm. that same woman that we saw in the first two minutes of the movie, uh-huh. who was calling him a legend. Yeah. You know, su- suddenly he appears and she goes, Nicholas Cage. And, and I was <laughs> like, okay, that's kind of funny. But, um, but yeah, Demi Moore was at the end whenever she was, she was camp, she was playing his wife in the, the reproduction of the story for a movie. Oh, okay. That's yeah. I, I, was. okay. Yeah. I checked out by then, I think. But yeah, uh, but it was, um, I mean, I hung with it. I hung with it long enough. Uh, I mean, I hung with it the whole way and, and, but there were, and then as I said, there were spots that I enjoyed it. 
Um, kudos to Nick Cage. I, I have respect for anybody that can laugh at themselves. Way to go. You're yes. obvious, you know, uh, that that's props to you, but make a better movie. I know. I mean, I'm with you. If you can make fun of yourself and not get caught up in it, especially as long as he's been in the business and in Hollywood and good choices, yeah. bad choices, whatever, to still be at the point where you can do this, you know, more power to you. But yeah, I, I don't know. But overall, I, I'm not overly positive. No, it, 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 a couple of factoids if you're interested. Oh, um, yeah. Let's do but something like, to help <laughs> Um, but kind of like at the end of filming, the whole cast was gifted a pillow with Nic- Nicholas Cage's face on it that he autographed. So I'd take nice. one of those pillows. Oh, I'd totally take a pillow. Um, and uh, apparently for the first time since Fast Times at Ridgemont High in 1981, it, at the end, he was credited with his real name, Nicholas Kim Coppola, ah. uh, instead of Nicholas Cage. I thought that was interesting, but... That's about all I can come up with. All right. Well, pillows and real name. So pillows and real names and to me more that I missed. So. All right, Janet, let's get it over with. Let's do it. Unbearable weight of massive talent starring Nicolas Cage and showing a couple of scenes from that great Nicolas Cage movie, Connor. (laughs) Is it better than Connor? Should I want to make it? Should I watch that? Answer that first. Um, no, do not watch this. Is it better than Con Air? In your opinion? Okay. I'm going to say Con Air is better only because it has John uh, Cusack in it. Okay. See, everybody, I told you she liked Con Air. Misinterpretation <laughs> of my comments. <laughs> misinterpretation no i would like to like to no convene <laughs> like no to, i convinced her i win no, uh i would like to convene a um working group to discuss what happened <laughs> okay group. all right focus group thank you all right sean the unbearable weight of massive talent with Nicolas cage should i watch that I'm sorry to say no. I was hoping I could say yes on this one. I really was, but I'm sorry to say no. And it's, and it's, you know, if you look at its Rotten Tomato scores, it's, it's doing pretty well. Audience scores, I think was a 67 and critic scores was like in the eighties. Um, I, uh, I think they're giving him, I think they're giving him too much credit for being self-deprecating and, agree. and, and maybe these are people on the inside that, you know, they sort of poke fun at the movie business too. Yes. Um, which again, respect for doing that. But, uh, but geez, it just, there was, there wasn't enough, there wasn't enough moments and the, uh, and the sort of CIA interaction stuff that he did, it wasn't really, no, it, was, it wasn't funny enough. It wasn't no. realistic enough. It wasn't goofy enough. It's just, they either, they either had to, you know, they needed to like turn it up to 11 a little bit more in the ridiculousness mm-hmm. of it, mm-hmm. I think, but nah, skip yeah. it. Is it worth if it pops up on a streaming service that you're already paying for? Is it worth a watch? Not really. At an hour and 46 minutes. No. Really? Yeah. Unless you're just like a, a, a fan and you want yeah. to say I watched it because I he was in it. Yeah. If you're a super Nicholas Cage, Nicholas Cage fan and it pops up on a streaming service, then mm-hmm. I, I would say, you know, if you got nothing else to watch, you know, give it a watch. Yeah. <laughs> so... That's two no's. So the last thing we're going to review, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. I, 
All right. Very interested to hear what you say about the next movie. Okay. Which is, you want to say what it is? This film is called Everything Everywhere All at Once. Yes. Um, it's directed by Daniel Kwan and Daniel Scheinert. Um, I did not know what was going to happen when Sean said, go see this movie. <laughs> and so I said, Sean, we've been friends for a long time. And we're in this podcast <laughs> as partners. Oh. And for the most part, I would say you are trustworthy. So I wish so I went to see this movie. <laughs> I went to see this movie knowing that Michelle Yeoh was in it. Yes. That is all is I awesome, knew. By the way, in everything yes, she does. She is in a- everything that she does. Right. And I went to see this movie. And when I finished this movie, I texted you. Yes, I have the text right in front of me. <laughs> I feel like you should read what I texted you. Well, it's just two sentences, but it succinctly, you know, says, <laughs> well, I don't know if it, I don't know if it says everything, but it says everything everywhere, all at once, period space. What the literal F did I just watch? <laughs> now, she didn't say F I'm, I'm keeping it a little G rated. What the literal yes. F did I just watch? <laughs> and so I'm like, okay, I'm not going to engage her in conversation because <laughs> I don't want, I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means because that could be said after you saw the first matrix movie. Yes. It, but again, it's, you know, and that's one that is near and dear to your heart. So yes, maybe she liked it. Maybe she didn't. So Oof. comments. Okay. Okay. So let's, let's just start with some of our actors and our main characters. Um, yes. So we mentioned Michelle Yeoh. If that name doesn't ring a bell, think Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, Memoirs mm-hmm. of a Geisha, Crazy Rich Asians. Um, and more recently, I think uh, Gunpowder Milkshake she was yes. in. Um, Kick-Ass, I, I may say. Mm-hmm. We uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. What oh, the hell? Just, yes. When I, as soon as I saw her, I'm like, <laughs> it looks like Jamie Lee Curtis. What a is <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis. Like, I was not expecting her. I don't know why. She just seems like a kind of a rando in the middle of all this. Um, and I don't think I need to tell you who she is. Uh, we also have Stephanie Hsu. Um, she was in Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Yes. She, more recently, she plays the character of May in Marvelous Mrs. Maisel in season four, if that says anything to anybody. And I need your help on this one. Mm-hmm. Um, Grandpa in the movie, James Hong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. His first acting credit is from 1954. Yeah. But I have seen him in something and I cannot for the life of me. I feel like, is it like Big Trouble in Little China? Yes. Okay. He, there were so many credits that I just gave up trying to figure out where I knew him Uh-oh. from. He is in... A he's ton of everything. stuff, he, and he's one of those. He's one of those um, actors that he, he's fit into so many roles. And and the biggest, honestly, one of the biggest things that I remember him for is he did the voice in Kung Fu Panda of Kung oh. Fu Panda's dad. Oh, I never saw those movies. Yeah, and yeah. he. Um, but yeah, he is. Anytime there was any sort of Asian character that's been needed in movies from 
I mean, from forever back <laughs> until here. I mean, it's like, uh, uh, I mean, I'm going to say a line from the movie Ted too, which I don't know if anybody's ever seen it, but he sort of, they say a movie in that because, uh, if you ever saw said to Ted too, he have, they have to get a lawyer and her name is Samantha Louise Jackson. Mm-hmm. And then, and they, and they look, and they look at him and they're like, Sam L. Jackson, are you kidding me? And she's like, what, what is that? And there goes, he goes, Oh, come on. He's like, have you seen any movie ever? He's the, <laughs> he's the black guy. <laughs> and, 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 and James Hong, he's that guy. I mean, he has been in so many things. Um, uh, it, it, funny enough, one of his more recent credits his, he was in the last Sharknado colon, It's About Time, yeah. <laughs> which made me, I never saw it, but that made me laugh. Um, if, Nick, if Nick Cage ever needed to do a movie with anybody, it's that, <laughs> man, he probably has. He, he probably, probably has. has. All right. And then our last actor that I need to call out. Yes, please. I knew it in my heart within minutes. Who he was. Who he was. So, so did I. And I lost my mind. Me too. Lost my mind. Um, his name is Ki Hugh, Hugh Kwan, I believe. Mm-hmm. But in the movie, he plays Waymond Wang, which just made me think of uh, Eric Kripke from The Big Bang Theory. Yeah. My name is Waymond. But anyway, um, it is Data from The Goonies. Also, Short Round from Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Yes. And he has been out of acting forever. Like 20 years. Yeah. This this is like his first big thing in 20 years. Mm. And he like knocked it out of the park. Yeah, I'm telling you. I mean, crazy good. Crazy, crazy good. good. Okay. Now, he, he's, still been, he's still been involved in Hollywood. He's I, I found out he's been doing like stunt coordinating and stuff like mm-hmm. that on martial arts type stuff. But yeah, as soon as I saw him, I was like, "Oh my god!" Because yes. I mean, he wasn't yes. in the preview. Not that I, not that I remember. But when I saw him, I was like, "It's short round." I, as soon it's as he started data. talking, I was yeah. like, "What is happening?" He's anyway. aged pretty well. <laughs> yes. Oh, okay. All right. So, allow me to start by saying IMDb describes this movie. Their their little descriptor is an aging Chinese immigrant is swept up in an insane adventure where she alone can save the world by exploring other universes, connecting with the lives she could have led. Wow. If oh, that hell no. If that doesn't clear it up, I don't know what does. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I, like, I don't even know where to start. Yes. Okay. I, I mean... <laughs> I can attempt. I'll try if you Go, want. Go, please, because I'm just okay. So every, everything stuck. that they say in in the movie. Okay, now these the, the guys that made this they're they're, they're referred to as the Daniels in, mm-hmm. in Hollywood, and they have made some kind of off the wall quirky stuff. Um, the one movie that they made with uh, uh, Daniel Radcliffe was a movie called Swiss Army Man, mm-hmm. and and the, and the purpose of that movie is is a man is stranded on a desert Island with Daniel Radcliffe who plays a corpse in the movie <laughs> and he has no lines in the movie and his, uh, you know, excuse me, but the guy uses his Daniel Radcliffe's penis as a compass and, <laughs> and Daniel Radcliffe farts throughout the movie. 
uh-huh. and he uses it to propel himself in water. I mean, it is just a crazy, nutty, silly, something you've never really ever seen before type movie. And these guys have a, you know, they they have this uh, rep building up about making these movies that are kind of, that are kind of off the wall. Now I will say one thing about this movie. There is no way I think this movie ever would have been made if not for the matrix and the follow-up movies. Cause this, this borrows a lot from the matrix. Yeah. yeah. Um, at least in, at least in terms of concept, but, but the setup of the movie, and again, I'm not saying anything that's not, that, that's not in, the, not in the previews, but this is a multiverse type movie. If you saw the last Spider-Man movie or if you're watching mm-hmm. the Marvel stuff, you know, they're starting to introduce this concept of alternate universes. And we are, we are told that, um, that, well, this family, this Chinese family operates a failing, uh, getting audited laundromat. Okay. Mm-hmm. And they have to go and, and Jamie Lee Curtis's character is works for the IRS and she's amazing in the movie. I'm sorry. Amazing. She's amazing in the movie. And uh, she plays an IRS auditor. And when they're in there doing their taxes, they are, she is introduced into a world where there are multiple universes and Michelle Yeoh's character is told about this and told that she is the only one that, 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 that universes are in peril. Um, everything can be destroyed. There is a master villain that she needs to defeat. And the way that she can do this is it is explained that she can tap into all of the abilities and knowledge of all of her alternate selves, which what are thousands and thousands and thousands of alternate universes. And in a very weird and unique way, she can instantly tap into the talents of all the other things that she can do. Now in some of the universes, she's a Kung Fu master. Some of them, she's a chef. Some of them, she just spins a sign out in front. Some of them, she's an actor. Some Mm -hmm. of them, I mean, it's just all of this crazy different thing that she can do. And she has to use these abilities to fight a big bad, big bad to sort of save the entire universe. And the, and, and the, the cat, the, 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 the conduit to tell her this is short round It's data, her husband, <laughs> her husband who, who immediately gets inhabited by what, what did they call him? Alpha. Yeah. Alpha. Alpha, Alpha Wayment. <laughs> and, and he and he gets inhabited by her, and he slowly, you know, tells her that you know the details of of the setup and the exposition and stuff like that. And then um, zaniness ensues because as she taps into these different powers, you have some of the craziest, most unique fight scenes uh-huh. that I've seen in any movie. But it does it does bear a lot of you know the way that they well, the way that she sort of gets these talents does. Uh, uh, sh- show some uh, homage to, you know, the, what was that thing they had in the matrix, the little thing that they could plug in the back of their head. Yeah. yeah. You know, where they could ins- oh, I, I know Kung Fu, you know, it's, it's sort of the same sort of thing, but, and, and, and the movie sets out on this adventure where she finds out who the big bad is and goes from situation to situation where she's, you know, fighting in different arenas, fighting off different mm. attacks. And Wow. I've never seen anything <laughs> quite like this. I was wondering why it was rated R a long way into the movie. And then there's some choices that they made narratively. <laughs> where I'm like, oh, that's why it's rated R. Because I was going to go, I, I was possibly going to go, I saw this movie 
by myself and I was possibly going to think of taking my kids and they said I was rated R and I'm like, uh, let me go look at it and let me go see why it is. And I, some of the choices they made, it, it's probably the goofy sophomore humor of the way these guys made movies, a la what they did with Daniel Radcliffe's mm-hmm. corpse in Swiss Army Man. But, woo! <laughs> I, I assume anyway. that you're talking about Jamie Lee Curtis's awards that she received at yes. work and what happens with them. And, and how they were used to, because... Yes. They one of the things I got to give them credit for is they explain things in this movie at a breakneck, at a breakneck pace mm-hmm. in crazy situations. And I understood what was going on. Yeah. I understood the mechanics of how it all worked and the mechanics of how it all worked were really complicated and goofy. Yes. But okay. So it, at least in the matrix, like you plug in yes, and you can train or learn or get uploaded information what i didn't grasp at first is how you i guess distract the world so to speak long enough for you to tap in to the abilities of yourself in another universe right right so you have to do something unexpected very <laughs> very unexpected <laughs> so like for example i hope this doesn't give anything away um, to tap into his abilities, he pulls out a tube of chapstick and eats it. Yes. And everybody's like, what? And it's like in that moment, kabam, he can tap into. I, I know Kung Fu. I know Kung Fu. <laughs> yeah. So there were, there were some really weird things like that. Ooh, yeah, there's stuff with the paper cuts that I, I was like going, ah! Oh, oh I, couldn't watch that. So. I couldn't watch that. Um, there is a scene with some very strategically shaped awards <laughs> um, <laughs> that were on someone's desk that end that's, up in a place they shouldn't end up. That's the part where I went, oh, that's why this oh, is rated R. Yeah, I'm like, oh, there you go written by a 14 year old boy. Um, um, (laughs) and you see alternate universes where wacky, crazy stuff, you know, you mean, you've got some pretty mundane stuff where it's like, Oh, look, Michelle Yeoh is an award-winning actor. Right. Look, Michelle Yeoh is a shift. Oh, look, there's a universe where people's appendages are different. Oh my God. Oh my God. The floppy, what do they call them? They weren't floppy fingers, but they sausage fingers. Sausage fingers. Oh my god! Trust me, anything that we say, it's visually, it's a visual gag. You have, you have to see. Oh my god! But then, but then, in that moment, I'm like, how much fun was that? To yeah, I mean, to anyway. Um, I. This is making Ritter, me feel better. This is making me feel better, what you're saying. I didn't know what you were going to say. So Okay. So, rarely am I at a loss for words. Okay. Okay. But I I don't even, I honestly don't know what to say about this movie. Um, it, it had me sometimes. It lost me a few times. Mm-hmm. Um, not because I, a little because I was confused, but a little because it was like, well, that was stupid. Um, but then it got me back. Yes. And I, I personally had one of those moments at the end of like a Nicolas Cage movie where I thought, did it really happen? 
Right. Or was this somehow in her mind managing and dealing with her life as she knows it and working through things to bring her to a better point right and mend some relationships in her life mm-hmm. those messages are in there for sure yeah those so me- i mean it's it's it is it is crazy how they can tie a ridiculous story and just off the wall action stuff and then circle it back around to a, a very, um, a much more quiet message yes. know, than, yes. than, oh, we're saving the universe. You know, no, mm-hmm. it's, it, it really loops back around at the end of the movie to, um, you know, to a much more, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Personal, mm-hmm. a personal message. And maybe you're saving the universe because the message is you and your family right. are the universe. Right. Well, there, and you know, and there's, and there's a, you know, and there's a, uh, and there's an inspirational speaker. I'm not going to say who it is, but I, I've heard him say one time, I, I, I thought of this at the end of the movie where he was, where he said before, where a lot of people get, when it comes to their life, um, they get so tied up in, in huge sort of things about, you know, how am I going to make the world a better place or how, uh, you know, what's going on with my life. And they think about these huge broad things that they have to do when and have to get right. When in reality, if you can get right, like the relationship with your spouse or your significant other about, well, how do they greet you when they come through the door? And Mm -hmm. is that always a positive interaction or, what relationship do you have with, you know, your family or your kids or the people that you work with? And he's like, you, you see that as sort of like this mundane stuff that isn't really all that more earth, all that earth changing. But if you get that stuff right, you have like 80% of your life, like kind of sorted in a really positive way, Mm -hmm. you know, and the other stuff. And and if you got that going for you, well, then the other, the other 20% is kind of like, well, that's just, everything else falls into place. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's kind of one of the things that they that they sort of you know did with this movie. One, and I never noticed things in movies, but one of the things I noticed in this movie was the use of circles. Did you see? Did you notice that in the movie? I did not. That there because there was a circle that Jamie Lee Curtis was focusing on on the receipts, and then there was a a bagel, if you remember. Well, yeah, and yeah. And they they focused on the circles in the laundromat a whole lot, and then there was a really circle, there was a circle in the in a picture that they showed of the family, it was circles everywhere. And I just, I just picked up on that and I was like, I wonder if that's okay, gotta be something that-, that I didn't notice. The bagel stood out significantly yeah. to me. Yeah. Um, don't understand it. Yeah. That, that part of it, that's kind of where it got as when they, when they start talking about the bagel, that's when it got sort of it's to its limit of, you know, puff, puff, pass. We're on the magic mushrooms. <laughs> Whoa, man, I can't believe what they're saying kind of thing. But uh, a negative I'll say is I think it was about 15 minutes too long. Yeah, yeah, it it was there. Because I think towards the end of the movie, I think they needed to wrap it up a little bit more more tight than what they did. But strong performances all around. I mean, just all around. Michelle Yeoh was amazing. And and you want to talk about different types of scenes that you, I mean, it transitions from different aspect ratios to different types of film for different types of lenses that they use in the movie. Mm-hmm. 
and it bounces around and does absolutely crazy Looney Tune stuff. And it really incorporates, uh, like it, I was amazed at how they incorporated. You wouldn't think, Oh, she's going to download this ability that she has in another universe of spinning a sign that says, Hey, come in here and do your taxes. <laughs> somebody standing on the street and they incorporate that into her ability mm-hmm. to fight against a bunch yes. of cops or something. And I'm like, man, that's just you. And you understand it. You understand what's going on. Mm-hmm. I, I'll i say maybe you agree. I can see some people really hating this movie, though. Oh, yes. And, and, and then on the flip side, I can see some people thinking that it was the most introspective, brilliant right. statement of the year on life and relationships and whatever. Um, yeah. It's, you need to have a little bit of a quirky sense of humor, I think, to, yes. to, to really appreciate a lot of it, a lot of it. And, and, and just, you know, you, and you'll either laugh at some of the sophomore stuff or you'll just go like, Oh, okay. You know, whatever. But or I mean, you'll, but, cr- you'll cringe you'll a little cringe. bit and look away. <laughs> Uh, you'll you'll cringe at it so um her daughter was uh, again the costumes i mean talk oh, about hair and makeup i mean you that's, that's you go that's exactly where I, that was my next little topic of conversation was gonna be uh, and it mainly it was the daughter the daughter's character yeah she the hair and the makeup the costuming and i mean it you would see one thing for like 30 seconds and then bam, she's in something else. Yeah. And all I could think, I'm like, it must've taken at least two hours to get her like this for that 30 seconds, you know, but it, it, that amazed me. I was what? so impressed with that. And, and some of it looked like uh, practical effects. Some of the mm-hmm. costume changes look like something that you see at a concert or something where it's like, yeah. Oh wow. They're immediately in something different. And, uh-huh. and if it was some sort of digital thing, I certainly didn't, I certainly mm-hmm. didn't pick up on it, but. So well, and it's interesting that she was really the only one who was like that. Yes, for the most part. I mean, they had people dressed in different clothes yeah, for different scenes, right. but I mean the the extravagant hair. But, but, but it and, fit, but it fit it based fit. on what they explained of who right. she was and what she can do. So it's, what was happening? Yeah, yeah, about what was happening. It, it it totally fit. It totally fit, and they. And I mean, they did stuff with, they made such interesting choices with confetti and, and, and other stuff where it's like scenes that could have been sort of ultra violent mm-hmm. really weren't. Uh, some scenes were kind of violent, but I mean, not over yeah. the top, not over the top, but, um, but they, they did stuff centered around her character where it's like, oh, they really could have done something nasty there, but uh-huh. because of what she can do and how they wanted to show it, it was like, oh no, it's not blood, it's confetti. And it's just, I mean, it's off the wall. It's off the wall craziness. Yes. Um, did you know that uh, before the trailer was released, the official IMD IMDb synopsis read um, a woman tries to do her taxes. <laughs> oh, wow. Instead of what it says now, but before the trailer came out, like they, they really wanted to keep it under wraps, I guess, because it was so unique. unique. <laughs> um, and it was actually written with Jackie Chan in mind. And, and I remember thinking at many points during the movie, it felt like that was like, Oh, that looks like something Jackie Chan would do. Um, so I, I think it fit well. Yeah, but but I, they ended up clearly going changed it to a female role. But um, 
Oh, and if, if you don't mind, I'm going to drop the F-bomb a couple of times. So prepare okay. yourselves and close your ears, people. <laughs> but I, one of the most fascinating things I read um, in various Chinese-speaking markets, the movie has different titles. Oh, wow. So like in mainland China, the title translated to, in an instant, the entire universe, which, you know, kind of. Um, in Hong Kong, the title translates is Weird Woman Warrior Fucks Around and Saves the Universe. <laughs> and then in Taiwan, it, the title was kind of a play on words, so it could be either translated as Mom's Multiple Universes or So Fucking Many Universes. <laughs> wow. I thought that was, that was fascinating, though. <laughs> Weird Woman Warrior. Uh, but it... Uh, crack me. I, 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 and they, I don't, they, I just, <laughs> it's, it's, well, look, if, if, you're one, if, you're, if you're one of the people that says, I don't like to watch movies anymore because Hollywood keeps turning out non-original ideas and, and, you know, I, I'm sick of seeing, and I'm, and I'm, I'm guilty of that because we've joked before about a lot of times we can watch a trailer and, what was the movie that we just did with uh, Owen Wilson and uh, Jennifer Lopez? Marry me. Oh, marry me. Uh huh. We were like, I think we started it, and I was like, okay, you can pretty much tell this is what's going to happen <laughs> exactly. in this movie. A is going to happen. B is going to happen. They're going to have a crisis. They're going to break up, and then there's going to be a tearful reunion at the end where they're going to reconcile. Yeah, this one yeah, happily ever after. If you want Hollywood, if you want if you want people to make in, you know interesting stuff that's kind of weird and quirky and and fun, then you need to support the movie. I mean, it's been getting fabulous reviews from people. I mean, I've heard people say that this is one of the top five movies ever made. I no. you know I, I don't know if I'm going to go that far, but it when it when it was over, I was like, well, gosh, golly gee, I don't think I've ever quite seen anything <laughs> like that. I will say this, okay. This is like everything that the fourth Matrix movie should have been. <laughs> I mean, it's it should have been somewhere along those lines. It should have been better than that. I need a moment. Oh, it sucked, Janet. You know it did. First you're, you hit me with you, the Conair thing, and you now apologize. you're coming back at me with Neo. I need to take you a know moment. that fourth movie was horrible. You, you're a Matrix apologist, and you love the first all the other movies so much that you just you, you forgave so much crap for that fourth movie. It's not even funny. You know it. Admit it. Just come to peace with it. Okay. Just just move on. Move on. Move on. <laughs> but anyway, this I feel movie, like talking <laughs> This movie was just besides it being fifteen minutes too long, I can't think of another negative thing to say about it. It's just uh but I can see somebody going to see this under my recommendation and saying, Sean, what are you talking about? That's yes. one of the silliest things I've, and it is. It has got silly parts. It, 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 you're right because I like I can th- quickly think of at least ten people <laughs> that I know who would watch this and be like, "That was the stupidest thing oh, I've ever man. seen." I don't. Why did you even tell me to watch? I. It it depends on your taste, and yes. you guys, if you listen to us, you know our taste well enough to know if this is you know if we say yes or no, right. kind of where it's going but and if and if, and if what we're saying makes you weirded out a little bit you know maybe wait for it to come on streaming you know where there's yeah. less of a risk factor you know i mean if you're worried about it being a little bit too quirky you know you know don't don't well i'm not going to say drop all the money to take your family to see it because i would not <laughs> recommend no th- thanks to a few scenes i would not recommend no that you take 
But um, anyway, but yeah, so. All right. I'm ready to call this. Sean. Yes. Warrior woman <laughs> in the universe. Everything, <laughs> everywhere, all at once. <laughs> should I watch that? Man, you should definitely, definitely check this movie out. If anything else, f- just for the uniqueness of it and the weird factor of it. Mm-hmm. You, you should check it out. It is, it borrows, it borrows a lot from the matrix. It does, but uh, kudos to these people for writing a script where they explain some really complicated concepts in a visual way and a very tight script to make something that is ridiculous, easily to follow and easy to mm-hmm. understand as to what's going on. You know, the ridiculousness of it. So absolutely definitely go see it. If you got a quirky sense of humor, you're going to love it. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if you don't, you you might find it mildly amusing, but it is easily of the things that we're reviewing on this podcast, easily the best movie. So, but it is weird folks. It is weird. And yeah. I told you it's weird. So I told you. So Janet, yes, everything, everywhere, all at once or effing women, <laughs> whatever it is. In the all the languages. Um, starring Michelle Yeoh. And the wonderful, glorious return of Ki Hu Kwan. Thank you very much. Come do more stuff, man. I mean, do, do more, more stuff. stuff. Should I watch that? Yes. Yes. Strongest movie on the podcast, you think? Yes. Yes. And what I haven't said before, I'll say now. We always complain that we're like, show me something I've never seen, people. Preach, preach, sister, preach. And I literally had no idea what was going to happen from one minute to the next. Yes. And even when I thought I had an idea of what might happen, that is not what happened. Nope. And (laughs) so, I mean, huge credit for keeping me guessing and keeping me staring at the screen kind of like, eh? You know, like if I were a German shepherd, my ears would have been like, you know, and my head would have been tilted like the whole movie. Um, Yes. Watch it. Watch it. For sure. And let us know what you think about it. I know. I'm so happy now that your text means meant something good, not something (laughs) bad, because I just was unsure of Uh, of what that was. I mean... I hope that I hope yeah. this movie gets some consideration, at least for its visual stuff. It, yes, come Oscar time. I hope it does. I hope so, and, es- and, if, and especially maybe original screenplay or something or like that, costume design, or right. I mean, phew. yeah. And and as and that's a perfect point that Janet just pointed out. If you're one of these people like us that have seen tons and tons and tons of movies. And you can, you know, and you can predict it from the first 30 seconds. You need to watch this movie because yes. it's, it's, it's unique. Mm-hmm. It is unique in its uniqueness. Can that, <laughs> can that be? <laughs> and thank you for not saying it's very unique. It's because a, if something is unique, unique, how can it be more unique than it already is? Because the word itself unique tells you everything you, you need to know. I know that bugs you. It checks oh. all the boxes for Janet with her hair and makeup. You know, uh-huh. it her, so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there you go. So yes, definitely go. Watch yeah. Movie. Wow. So I'm, I'm still reeling a little bit. Like, I feel like I need to watch it again 
because I am sure that there is a lot of stuff I missed because I was so with the head tilt in the ears. Right. I, I think I need to watch it again. Not Maybe not in the theater. I don't know. But So folks, you, you got a double yes on, a, on one movie, Everything Everywhere All at Once. You got a double yes on a TV show, The Outlaws. Mm-hmm. You got conflicting reports on The Ambulance. So, you know, you've been warned by me or <laughs> popcorn blow up fun for Janet and just skip. Sorry to say. Nick Cage and do what do what do what Janet suggested earlier. Just go watch Con Air. She loves it. Yeah. <laughs> just, just skip that movie and just watch that one. So. Oh, you're pushing so the limits of our friendship. It. Watch it, buddy. Watch it. Pushing the limits. Um, that's what you're doing. So we got some other new. Uh, it's May, so when we're recording this, so we've got it's summer movies are going to be hitting. We've got things like Maverick coming up. We've got things. Ooh, we've got the Strange and the Multiverses of whatever. Up. Yeah, I know you're so uh-huh. excited about seeing I'm another, so excited another about Marvel that. movie. Um, <laughs> uh, I feel like there's oh goodness there's oh 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 what um, Mr. watching Carter, Mr. Carter. what what. <laughs> What I'm watching currently, and then I think you are as well, that we will hopefully be talking about maybe the next podcast is Outer mm-hmm. Range. Yes. Yeah. They've got a, I'm, I, I'm, I wanted to wait for all the episodes to drop. Have they? I don't want to review yeah. it until it's done. So I yeah. think it's like two a week. There, Josh, Josh Brolin. Love mm-hmm. me some Josh Brolin. I really do. I really do like him. Yes. There's a, there's a quick question. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, circling right back to the Goonies. Yes. Josh there you Brolin. go. You're welcome. I was going to say Josh's favorite Josh Brolin movie. Was it The Goonies? Oh, you know. Talk it, about like, throwing one, aren't you? I'm, I have. Mm, I like I, I don't feel like I've seen him as the leading man in a lot of movies. Right. So I would have to do a little bit of research. But I will say he was fine in The Goonies. He was sort of like an, you know, an, an extra in The Goonies almost. But um when he <laughs> in the men in black where he was Tommy Lee Jones. Yes. Yes. Right. Now there's, there, there's one you're missing. That's so okay, obvious. What am, I, what list, am I missing? L- listeners of this podcast. Are screaming <laughs> right, right, right. I, I have disappointed our millions of listeners. Dead, Deadpool too, baby. Oh shit. You're right. <laughs> oh my God, I forgot. <laughs> I forgot he was. Uh, yes, he was impressive. Yes, cable. Very. My favorite Josh Brolin movie is Sicario. I think he was awesome. Oh in that movie. yes, the, the CIA agent. So that was. I, I should watch that again. That was a really good movie. And if you want to watch something that will mess with your head a little bit, you can watch Old Boy, which is a remake of a, I think a Korean movie. Mm. Um, that, I do not know this one. Oh, that'll 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 mess with your head. That's a guy that. I'm not even going to say what it's about. Don't eat. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's uh, and of course, and this is then uh, me saying Sicario and you, everybody knows what a Marvel fan I mean, Of course he's Thanos, but uh, he's, it's digital bros, Josh Brolin. It's not yeah. him, but uh, so Ad- Avengers and then and him playing that character isn't even close to my favorite one that he ever did. I like Deadpool too as well. Yeah. So I think he was awesome. Yeah. He was, Oh, he was great. And he's coming back for Deadpool 3. Woohoo. So again, folks, uh, there you go. You got two yeses uh, uh, on a movie, two yeses on a TV show, split vote, and a definite no on Nick Cage. Sorry, Nick. Um, so just sorry. Didn't, just didn't like it. But, you know, maybe you like it. I'm, Life I, happens. Would, I, I wouldn't recommend that you watch it. But 
So we'll be back again soon uh, with yeah. more summer stuff, probably in a couple of TV shows. I appreciate everybody listening again. You can communicate with us. At Please do Instagram and um, Facebook and Twitter. And also at our email address, should I watch that to one at gmail.com. And the only thing that I ask of our millions of listeners is that you be kind to Sean when you email him and tell him how bad Con Air was. <laughs> Remember, he's a man with feelings. Yes. He's just a human like the rest of us. Right. So be but kind. Fortunately, I'm always right. So <laughs> there we go. And I'm always mature. Uh, anyway. we'll, end, we'll, end on, <laughs> we'll end on something we can agree on. Don't watch Ghost Rider 2. <laughs> exactly. That's a universal well-known. But thanks again, okay. folks, for listening. We really appreciate it. Uh, 1,200 downloads. Thank you so Woo-hoo. much. Thank you. Um, we like doing it, and we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye. See you guys.